0: Suganmo. We allow with all beings from this life on throughout countless lives to hear the true Dharma. of obstacles in practicing the way. May all Buddhas and ancestors who have attained the Buddha way be compassionate to us and free us from karmic effects, allowing us to practice the way without hindrance. May they share with us their compassion which fills the boundless universe with the virtue of their enlightenment and teachings. Buddhas and ancestors of old, whereas as we shall be Buddhas and ancestors appearing. Buddhas and ancestors, we are one Buddha and one ancestor. Awakening body mind, we are one body mind. Because they extend their compassion to us freely and without limit, we are able to attain Buddhahood and let go of the attainment. Therefore, the Chan master Lung said, "Those who in past lives were not enlightened." now be enlightened in this life save the body which is the fruit of many lives before buddhas were enlightened they were the same as we enlightened people of today are exactly as those of old quietly explore the farthest reaches of these causes and conditions that this practice is the exact transmission of a verified buddha confessing and repenting in this way, one never fails to receive profound help from all Buddhas and ancestors. By revealing and disclosing our lack of faith and practice before the Buddha, we melt away the root of transgressions by the power of our confession and repentance. This is the pure and simple color of true practice, of the true mind of faith, of the true body of faith. Good morning.
1: morning. Um, I was just thinking uh, today I wanted to talk about movement and stillness. And, um, you know, by this point in the retreat, Sashin, whatever we want to call this unique thing we're doing together. there is stillness and movement have been working on each other. And I was thinking, for this talk, you know, (laughs) and maybe you know this, anybody who come into the cottage, you know, um, there's some talking going on, there's some movement, and um, I think all of you have had this experience that, you know, from this stillness, everything quiets down. But then we, we begin to speak and we realize we have all this energy, you know? There's like all this stuff kind of bubbling out, bubbling out, bubbling out. And uh, <laughs> and I, I was thinking, you know, I was, I was like, I'm gonna do my chart again, you know? <laughs> and I showed it to Yoko and Greg, they're like, there's a lot of stuff on that chart. <laughs> uh, all these associations or, you know, that, that, that something, the creativity of our being starts to um starts to flow again you know the juices are flowing things that are maybe blocked or unblocked Mm -hmm. and that's wonderful but it can get a little out of hand (laughs) and then at least for me because uh, kristen's nodding her head (laughs) you know that of that ang, you know i tend toward anxiety So then I, and excitement and joy, you know, the other side. So then it just starts, oh my God, this and this and this. And also the chart is very, very much, I think, um, this this poem and this practice, you know, the poem comes out of Taoism, you know, that moment where Taoism meets Buddhism. And I loved it, I loved the concepts of Taoism. So, you know, listening to Alex talk about the moon last night and Everything feels we in a circular space, and so I'm, I I started like floating into the <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> into out into nature, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and there's something really important about <coughs> about the teachings of nature, but um, I want, I'm I'm going to try today to um, keep using my body. <coughs> not float away you know. mm-hmm. or, or get to into action so by this point um, and Greg and I you know talk get to talk to people all week long um, and we're all practicing in the city all the time and I am struck and I think others are strucked, struck struck by how impactful it is to practice in a natural setting. And not just a natural setting, but also in an environment, a physical environment like Watershed. Thank you, John. A physical physical environment like Watershed, which I think has been exquisitely caring for us, so that um, not only our practice, but the space itself and then the larger spaces all offering this beautiful support for, our, for us to be able to open up to what we have to open up to. So the, the imagery that's coming up for me right now is imagery about aliveness and feeling the, the movement and stillness, this breathing, it's like this breathing bodies that we're experiencing. And I, I think maybe because by day five, hopefully, our minds have quieted down our bodies may have softened and released some uh, of the pressure valve has come off a little bit and i always think about about sashina as a softening process you know that we're softening the angles of our conditioning Um, the rigidity of some of those uh, habit patterns and um, i think I, i was looking up and because I've heard this thing that in nature there's no right angles. It turns out it's not true. But uh, <laughs> as a metaphor it's lovely and I think Gertrude Stein said that maybe uh, as a, also a, a critique of the way we approach life. But I do, even if that's not true, I do feel as if it's like we are, we are softening the angles, the sharp angles. Uh, inside of us and between us Um, and and that as we're softening and things are getting maybe a a little bit more fluid, a little bit more breathing room, maybe just a little bit, Um, and there's more permeability that as we, um, like we did in our our meditation practice yesterday, we we start to um, take in more of the environment that we might have missed. Actually, the inspiration for the sound meditation came yesterday when Terrence and I were walking out of the cottage, and um, he looked down, and he pointed to a cicada. A cicada. And um, talked about about the rhythm of cicadas and the music of cicadas. And... um, but the thing that struck me the most was, I can't speak for Terence, but for me, um, how much of my life do I pass by the cicadas? You know, <laughs> even if I don't kill the ants, you know, how much do I miss the ant? You know, another, another moment. Yesterday, we were getting up after Zazen, and. Ian was getting up, and he was fluffing his cushion. He hadn't turned yet to the center. But Terrence and I both looked at each other because we saw this little ant circling around Ian's foot, and it looked like, you know, as Ian was about to turn, he was about to get crushed. And um, I think we were both like, um, let's, you know, what this moment of contact, you know, what will happen between Ian's foot and the ant and you know, when do we move and when do we stay still, you know, we're not supposed to talk in the zendo if I like throw Ian out of the way. <laughs> to save the ant, you know. It, it could create reverberation throughout the whole environment, you know. Um, and maybe the ant's smart enough to scramble away without my, you know, help. But it's those moments, right? And it, in a silly little moment like that, there's all these implications for those moments, you know. Did I step on the ant? No. 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 (laughs) So I want to talk about this idea about, again, we can think of stillness. And I I think sometimes when we first start practicing zazen and they say, be still and silent, the eno says, be still and silent. And you think that means I've got to freeze my whole body into a position. And we can do that for a few moments perhaps, hold our breath, freeze our bodies into a position, but sooner or later that body is going to let us know this is too limited a space. So, uh, you know, we're always in movement and there's always stillness. So the breath, you know, when, when again, the loveliness of, of day five is, um, we kind of hear, we hear the quiet of the breath, right? like we we t- return to our bodies we're more embodied and and we might just feel breath breath mm-hmm. breath breath with not a lot of noise around it and it's the ri- the rhythm of the breath is so supportive for us in gap stillness out movement and then uh Zazen itself. Our whole body is in movement during zazen. If you notice, we're always making subtle little adjustments. There's always n- little tiny movements, and um, we need to allow those movements because we're in a f- we're 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 uh, a breathing, responsive organism in our environment just like the tree and the trunk and then the leaves are responding to these subtle shifts in the wind. And I'm, I feel as if, if, uh, if we're doing the forms correctly that um, we have to have the forms also be fluid and res- responsive and permeable. So, you know, Ian will often make announcements. Um, there's going to be a change in the Do and schedule, and this person will be doing that. Or we might be doing something together, and we do it in, in just a certain way, and then it rains. And then we have to make an adjustment. So if we are too... It's this, it's this, it's this movement between, because if we make changes all the time, there's no stillness. Our bodies can't rest in something. But if we have this uh, stubborn idea, this is the form, and this is the way it's going to be, and you know, damn the rain or the needs of a person, um, we're going to do it this way, right? So, so if someone has breathing problems, we put the incense out. So the forms are uh, responding to the n- to the needs of the community, and the community is responding to the forms in a way in which we fall in together in a whole. But that isn't a static thing. It's an ever dynamic piece. And um, and I love this because um, it means that we're alive and creative and, and changing in response. And deepening our understanding and, and um, mutuality of each other. So we say that in the beginning of a seshin, we're like you know 28 different people coming together. And think about two centuries ago when we arrived <laughs> on that Monday, different cars, different states of mind. <coughs> you know, throwing Andrew pulls up and we're throwing Zen uh, sabatons. And then um, slowly, slowly, we, sched- we, we, we come into the schedule and then we um, turn into a being, like, like one living being that, that goes in and out. At least that's the, way that, that's the way I like to think about it. And there might be these beautiful moments and they might be different for each person where you can feel that quiet and that stillness and that sense of wholeness with each other where your body relaxes and you can rest in what's happening, but then um, something happens. And um, for me, this is the most important teaching point because I have a tendency to grasp that feeling of um, togetherness and then I forget the differentiation, right? all of a sudden I hear there's a problem, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shit, you know, and um, some somebody is upset or something didn't go right or there was a mistake. And in my early years of practice, it used to just deflate the whole thing. It was like, oh, it's popped, the bubble has popped. Really, the reality is it's all kind of just not there, you know, it's just differentiation. And... Um, and there was a, a lot of a lot of understanding by doing Sashin after Sashin after Sashin that that's just um, part of reality coming in to remind me not to hold on to anything. You know. That everything is always slipping out of our hands. And how do we just let it slip out of our hands and trust the responsive, intelligent organizing of each of our bodies and of our community as a whole. And the slipping out of our hands and the things falling out of balance are actually helping to create a better balance or a, a wider balance or a different kind of balance. So, um, we need that confrontation. and. Zen communities have been, and other Buddhist communities have been accused, rightly so, of kind of creating a rigid, enclosed container in which we're ignoring the cries of the world, as Dexter was saying last night, the cries that are coming in for us to listen and respond and make adjustments. And how do we make adjustments without without um, letting the whole the whole of what we've created fall apart. Uh, so I heard this morning, I was not in Zazen this morning, I was doing practice discussion. Kiku, do you mind? And um, Yoko was telling me, Kiku had also told me, that um, she was Kokyo. And um, that uh, she didn't remember that we were only doing one of the short chants after, uh, yes. And um, so everyone's chanting together. We're in our bodies. We're knowing what's coming next. <laughs> and then Kiku uh, goes to the next chant, the Enmei. Yes. And this is what the story I heard. So she she, she starts the Enmei, and like a like someone crying out. And May. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's this silence. (laughs) But, you know, even though I wasn't there, I'm touched by it. Because in this silence, you know, which I think was a, you know, I think, knowing all of you, was a holding silence. We're holding this silence. We don't know what's going to happen next. Everything that we thought was reality has <laughs> fallen apart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what's going to happen? There's this, what we call, what somebody calls uh, the fertile void. You know, in that gap where we've, we, something has arisen and we, what we think is there is no longer there, it's slipped away. Something else is being offered. Kiku is offering us this <laughs> teaching. You know, what happened? Well, eventually, something happened, yes. In that silence, I think the teacher spoke up yep. and responded, as is the role of a teacher to <laughs> offer uh, some support. And then that helps support perhaps the whole Zendo coming back, yes. And there we are, right? So, because we have been practicing. In this way, we are uh, we are able in our bodies and minds to to in a relaxed, fluid, responsive way hold that hold that gap in stillness and wait for the next thing that seems to happen. And we can do that because. Um, the practice of zazen and the practice together has allowed the stillness to become a field for us to rest in and wait until the till, uh, to see what's needed and um, well, it was just what I was going to talk about even in the stillness, we're listening more deeply. And as we listen, we still hear more cries. There's still more cries. I thought in this beautiful, quiet stillness, there were no more cries. But then when Terence says it's time to go give the talk, <laughs> to give, go give the talk, there's a cry, right? Um, here it is. And I think maybe that's the case for many of you. I hope it is, right? That there's still more cries in your body in the form of a contraction or an irritation. (laughs) It's like the rain is saying, speak louder, Laura. (laughs) Come forth more. (laughs) Um, And this never ends, this process of arising. A cry. How am I going to meet that cry? The meeting happens. Do I linger a little too long? <laughs> I don't want to go back to Brooklyn. <laughs> do i do I feel the poignancy of the cycle of life? you know? I have to go. And if I lingered, you know, what happens after a week or two, this kind of gets tiresome too. <laughs> it becomes just not something so special, you know. If you've done a practice period at Tassahara, you know, it becomes routine. It's deeply beautiful, I actually, you know, I think it's both. Um, so then how do we deal with, um, and I think this starts to happen in Sashin by this day, is we start to taste uh, impermanence. Because we are loosening that idea of a solid self, we start to feel these beings arising and passing away. The sun, now the rain, swimming, no swimming. Um, uh, This deep pain from our being, This, this child, who is so afraid, arising, being met by us, passing away. And for me, there's something about nature that helps support my ability to be in the grief of the passing away. Maybe I talk about circles and fluidity because I am so earth and water again. So uh, two days ago was the anniversary of one of my sister's death in 2009 and when she died uh, we had a lake house at the time and every day i would plunge myself into that lake and i would let that lake um hear my cries and i could feel the lake enveloping me and what would happen is um (coughs) The lake and the trees started to speak back to my pain. And it and this is the way it works in my mind, you know. The the trees started to hear me and speak back to me and say it's okay. And I started to speak to the trees and the lake. And I and I really you know, as we said, I don't mean this metaphorically. And maybe you understand that, right? They are speaking to us. So, um,. So today I thought um, part of what I wanted to offer as the experiential exercise is for us to, each of us create a little ritual, a, a quiet internal ritual with nature to go to some aspect of this beautiful environment and to offer it our gratitude. And when we offer gratitude, when we, when we, nature allows us to feel the gratitude, we start to connect with life, and that is what arises when we connect with life. And then we can offer it back. So we'll do that. But I want to say something else because, um, I think this is the other thing about day five. (laughs) It's like, I'm feeling, but I don't have words. It's always both, you know? So, um, to think about what would need to happen for all of us to gather in this room, together, is incomprehensible. The the histories that we've all had, the conditioning that we've all, all had, you know, the trajectories, like Greg said, I would never imagine in 20 years I'd be here. and. Yet here we are, in this moment, together. And, um, and then we're gonna all go our separate ways. So you can see this as like a falling away and everything is lost, you know? But as I was coming out of the bathroom when Terence was waiting for me to come to do the talk, the words came up, nothing is ever lost. Nothing is, nothing is ever lost. lost. Nothing is ever lost. every uh every sishin i have done here at tasahara is here in my body you know it's like um we've been doing this together for lifetimes and the whole world is doing it but we forget we're doing it and uh we forget the mystery and our job as uh, what we're offering this world is we re-enter the mystery you know in the form of a rupture in the form of a beautiful rain sitting together and we just realize we are we are part of the cycle of life we are alive, breathing, intelligent, wise, loving, compassionate beings. But we forget... We forget when we get in the car. We forget when we turn our computer on. We forget when somebody hurts us. And... um, we have advanced practice in Brooklyn. You know that's advanced practice. <laughs> it really is. People say, "How could you go to a monastery?" A monastery is easy. You're fed and you're cared for and you're told what to do, and you and and all of the a lot of the stimulation is quieted down. So um, we are practicing here all of this to hear to listen to return to our n- our natural selves and and not to forget that when we go a- back out mm-hmm. to you know as we w- as we work together as a living breathing organism and we're listening from stillness we start to be more ethical And care for ourselves better we're not stepping on bugs and um, just bumping into each other without noticing maybe sometimes we are here too but we we can feel it more you know like it's amazing the sensitivity right like the conditioning comes up I'm like wow that's the stuff that would have like knocked me over for a couple of days it comes up I feel it and mostly what I just feel is sadness wow that's painful but it's it's like, um, I can be skillful with it now. I can take good care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, do any of you have felt this way in the last mm-hmm. few days? Mm-hmm. Yes, right? Wow. This is how I can actually be with stuff out there and navigate it, right? Because I'm, um, I'm in a dynamic, fluid relationship with it. So, I loved what... Um, Ryan said yesterday uh, about this point in the poem that Sikido that starts giving us instructions. <laughs> Good, I need some instructions. So he, he says, uh, if you don't understand the way right before you, how will you know the path as you walk? So, the way right before you is like that moment, um, that, that moment when Kiku called out, where am I right now, what's happening? Not based on ideas about what's supposed to happen, but what is actually happening? What's happening in my body? What's happening in the people around me? What's happening energetically in the room? How do I respond? I don't know. Can I take a risk, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I already know my conditioning is to hold back. Maybe I'm the one who needs to say, no, kiku, you know? Oh, I, I can't do that, because that's not my job. I'm supposed to be quiet in the zendo. I'll wait, you know? Um, there's m- all of these different factors to consider, and we can't, like, organize them and spell them out into some neat formula, and we've got it, and now we don't have to, s- we don't have to confront this moment of not knowing. We don't know. But something something has an, inti- an innate wisdom. And it's not just us as an individual. The whole, the whole room has the wisdom. As you saw last night with the poem. Wow, the whole room is operating on each other. All of these beautiful minds and bodies are operating on each other. Can we trust that? Can we let it in? <clears throat> Practice is not a matter of far or near, but if you are confused, mountains and rivers block your way. I love this. I got a mountain inside of me. <laughs> sometimes it, sometimes it feel fe- fear feels like a mountain. It's like, I can't move. There's a mountain right here. I can't feel you. But um, sometimes it's just like a light whisper, you know? so how do we not let these the mountains and and rivers of our histories of pain and violence and abandonment and neglect and loss block our way how can we keep hearing the cry and responding I respectfully urge you who study the mystery. Wouldn't that be nice? What did you do on your summer vacation? What did you do that last week? Oh, I studied the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) We, We are. We're studying the mystery. That's pretty awesome. What a... What a, what, what a incredible way to spend your time, to be together. Don't pass your days and nights in vain. So we have um, a little bit more time together, a good amount of time together. Um, how do we... We have this support now of this stillness, so the mind isn't catching as much, right? The body is engaged more or less. And even if it doesn't feel that way, it's actually happening. So don't worry about it. It really is um, happening underneath the surface. So be wherever you're at. Don't judge this um, by what I'm saying. Judge where you are, where where you're at. But I would say for all of us, no matter where you're at, there is two ways to go at this moment in the sashim. And this is a danger point. It's like danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> a couple people old enough to know that. <laughs> um, so there's two, two choices at this moment. We have this beautiful opportunity. We have practiced so beautifully and diligently it it breaks my heart wide open. You have worked hard to 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 um, reconnect with this stillness and um, keep going because you know we we do build energy. We're getting all this energy because we're not expending in all this karmic craziness. So we actually you know. I can't believe it. You know, I I kept thinking to myself, you know, is something wrong with me? Why am I so tired? Is it limes? Is it because I'm getting older? Should I go to the doctor? I have so much energy here. I have boundless energy. (laughs) Where where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Because we're not expending it in this karmic craziness. Mm -hmm. So, as we gain energy, we could either dissipate the energy by starting to get excited about all of our thoughts and ideas <laughs> um, we could start to begin to sneak in some planning about what we're going to do, how we're going to pack up, when we're going to get there we're going to stop for ice cream <laughs> so who needs, you know who's who's going to get better food in here so you get the idea you know. or maybe we do it the way I do it um, oh my god you know I'm leaving uh, this, you know, I, 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 let me swim four more times and I'll leave at 8 o'clock at night, you know. Um, how, do we, how do we just stay right here? And from that energy, it's in the teachings. That, that allows for concentration. We're building the capacity for concentration. That concentration allows us to look at subtler and subtler forms of reality, of our conditioning, of our subtle grasping, of um, perception in a more subtle like arising of like, oh, dislike, boom, 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 here's what comes <coughs> up, right? You can almost see it, blocked out for you, you know, against this, against this kind of clear paper, tissue, like Greg said. So please do not pass these last few days and nights in vain. Feel and rest in this breathing, living organism around us, within this room, within this being, and um, and and let it let it support you, and appreciate it, and offer offer gratitude for what it's teaching. Okay.